0: We're going to get into some interesting things tonight. Uh, Chapter 12 is what's called an informational chapter. There's actually, this is like the fourth one. Uh, I just haven't been making a big deal about them when we got there. But an information chapter is where things are expounded upon. So to where we understand better, like who's who and where and what and different things like that. John, now remember the context of this is John is immediately before the throne of God. He starts seeing all these things. And so he's writing of things that are, that are to come, like, you know, still we're coming up to the end and we're like 2,000 years from John, uh, something like that. He's like 90 years old, 90-something years old when he's writing this. Some of the things he's writing, he's writing from his context, things that he understands. He's trying to describe, you know, and uh, so we're going to come over here and we're going to see, the, you know, the beast like, a, you know, paws of a bear and stuff like that. So the things that he's seeing... He doesn't necessarily have an understanding of what it is, and so he's trying to describe it uh, to us. Now, in this chapter, and where we're going to be starting off, John really, within just a handful of scriptures, kind of summarizes the whole thing all the way before the earth foundation, all the way to the end, and kind of pulls it together. So he's going to be reaching back and reaching forward. Uh, In what he uh, is saying so just kind of remember the the context and we have to we have to interpret by scriptures Uh, it's easy to get off in um, uh, Well, here's what I think and I'm going to have a couple of here's what I think's in here But I'm going to tell you it's what I think take it leave it. It's not Bible. We don't know the answer I'm just going to talk about some things as I see it. So don't run off with it Because and I'll tell you when I'm hitting me and not the Bible Uh, you'll probably be able to tell anyway, Um, is that, what's my point? We have to look at the things that are going on in front of us every day. How do we bring it in line with the scripture? So I'm going to go through some thinking processes I have that goes back several years. um, um, uh, Well, we're we're getting into the silly season, you know, presidential uh, election. How many people will watch the unfolding of events based on where they think it will benefit them? Like virtually everybody, right? Like one of the people that seemed like he was, he's out of the race now, uh, the the Indian guy. um, What is it called? Yeah, what she said. uh, Is his last name Ramaswamy or something like that? He had some good words, but what Christian would want a Hindu in the White House. Amen. But you know, a lot of people don't think in terms of that. Right. That's how we got Barack Obama, a Muslim, in the White House. When, when Barack Obama, if you remember, I think it was in his first term, he had a Hindu priest come. And uh, if you remember, I was sitting in front when the Hindu priest was speaking some things with Julius uh, Marar, who speaks the same language he was interpreting, he was cursing this nation from the White House. And, uh, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of Christians voted for him to get into office. So we, we have to, you know, in Chronicles it talks about the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times and the seasons. You and I, this, that, that verse, those verses are actually verses that I pray about a lot. Lord, give me understanding of the times that we're living in. Let me, let me understand what's going on. If you don't have understanding of the times we're living in, your understanding is going to be based on your academic experiential knowledge, which is just your brain at work and means absolutely nothing because the natural mind can't understand the spiritual things. And we're going to see this with John in that how he brings it all together, uh, because when we start dealing with, like, us individuals, living beings on earth, we kind of have a thought process that this is everything, what I'm going through. You know, we know there's other things going on in the world, but most people are focused on themselves. God's not focused on Old Covenant, New Covenant. He's focused on a plan. He created this earth with a plan. And everything that he's been doing is based on the plan. Uh, we live in a time, well, that was Old Testament, that doesn't apply to me. Well, yeah, it was part of God's plan to bring things back into, uh, into the arena of how he created things. We're, we just get into our emotional experiences and we easily can lose sight of his plan. Uh, and and that's why we live in, and we say the you know we, we start di- trying to dissect the scriptures on where I'm living at right now. But you have to look at the scriptures from God's plan. What did God create? What was He trying to do? What was our purpose? Uh, because our purpose is the same purpose as Adam's. He, what, th- this earth should be ours. We should we should I talk about it all the time of authority, and we should be overcoming the things that come against us. It's all part of God's plan. And uh, and I'm not typically talking about yours or my day-to-day experience. And this is where, uh, I tell you what, just talk to people. And when you're talking to them, just pay attention to their verbiage. They are the center of the universe. And I I can help you. If you're the center of the universe in your thought, you'll never fulfill the plan of God because this whole thing... Uh, is about giving. Didn't James do a good good, uh, yes, good element on the offering and, and tying it into what Jesus did? Uh, it was an offering. To, it was For God so loved the world, he took. He gave. He, gave. he gave. Everything is about an external force. But the vast majority of people live in an arena where they are the center of the universe, and everything is judged by how they feel, what they're going through, and everything like that. And um, so... Uh, anyway, we're at chapter twelve. Are you there yet? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to kind of walk through this, and uh, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered and there appeared another wonder in heaven so this is separate from that wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon so now we're introduced to the dragon having seven heads ten horns and seven crowns upon his head now we're going to see this we'll get through chapter 12 and we'll go get through chapter 13 tonight and we're going to see this this terminology come back but we have an introduction here to the dragon and a system that is set up. We will see it all tied together when we get into chapter 17, which we will not get into tonight. All right. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child. And as soon as it as soon as it was born and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up into heaven. Now jump down to verse 9, because we're going to see who this dragon is. I'm going to start, and then we're going to go back to verse 1. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So this dragon is the devil, which deceived the whole world, and he was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Okay, so so now, so we know that the dragon is Satan. Okay, but who is the woman and who is the son? Now, it's easy uh, to see who the son is uh, going back to. uh, And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now, John is is establishing things that we already know from the rest of the Bible. So Jesus is the son. In Ephesians chapter one, you see Jesus Uh, after his death, burial, resurrection, seated at the right hand of the Father. Okay, now, some people, I don't know that it's a major doctrinal teaching, but some people will call the woman Mary. But it can't be Mary, based on the elements. So what we see, and we're going to see some more verses, the woman is Israel, who Jesus came out of. Now, if you stop and you think about this in the context of everything biblical going on, the devil. Now, who was, who was the one with, the, with their tail, took one-third of the angels, cast out of heaven? Satan. Satan. Okay, so we, we, we know that. So that's going all the way back in the beginning of time, right? So John's reaching back and kind of telling the beginning of the story when Satan was cast down. And Satan, out of the, the Jewish race, there's never been a race on the, the face of the earth like the Jews that has been persecuted like them. For as long as they have been persecuted... And everything, because the enemy's trying to destroy them. Because out of them, out of Israel, came Jesus. And, and Satan's doing everything he can to stop the things that Jesus is doing. Now, we know how he does it. We read it. I'll hit it again when we get back down there. Is, um, is he does it through deception. Now, deception is just believing something to be true that's not true. Okay, it's really easy, although it's a very difficult subject. What you're feeling, if you operate by what you're feeling, you're deceived. Because your feelings are fickle. One minute hungry, the next minute you feel like you want to throw up food and never eat another meal again. Um, Then you, you know, I've got to go do something and I'm tired of doing things. I want to go back. I mean, we just have all kinds of feelings. Okay, so one of the greatest deceptions, one of the easiest deceptions, is that what I'm feeling right now is actually important in the scheme of things. You know whose toe I just stepped on? Everybody's including mine. You may not have felt it, but we're human beings and we're all prone to this. So let's go back to verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon, and her feet. Under her, the moon under her feet and upon her head was uh, the crown of 12 stars, which appears to be the 12 tribes of Israel, which is going to be the 12 seats before the throne of God that we read about in chapter 4, I believe it was. And she being with child, uh, cried in travail and birth and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another in heaven and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, 10 horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. And he cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. How many knows that the devil knows the Bible? I can guarantee you one thing. He knows the Bible better than you and I do. Put together. okay? so he knew this Messiah was coming. And so he stood ready to try to kill it. Now, it says that. Uh, before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child uh, as to be born. Uh, and she brought forth a man child who was the rule of all the nations with a rod, iron, and her child was caught up into God. So that's giving the deliverance all the way through the resurrection, being seated at the right hand of the father. Now, was Satan present when Jesus was born? Yes. Okay, how many yeses? Okay, that's about maybe half. How many knows? I only see Peter's hand. Okay, two. No, because he would have killed him. In fact, you know, contrary to your Christmas story, where the wise men was at the birth, they weren't there then. They saw the star uh, two years after. This is why Herod, when they came to Herod looking for him, Herod didn't even know he had been there yet, wanting to kill him. Satan can't kill him by himself. He's got to go through a a person to get them. So Jesus is like two years old when it even becomes revelatory that, oh, the Messiah is here. And uh, so they're out looking for him, which they didn't figure out. I mean, God protected him. Remember Herod gave the decree to kill all the boys two years and under? And, uh, and so Jesus, you know, they were escaped into Egypt and everything like that. And so he was preserved. And even when it comes down to uh, Paul talking, he says if they had known uh, what would happen when they killed him, they would have never killed him yeah. Yeah. because he, he spoiled principalities. Mm-hmm. So, again, if we if we can look at the big picture, number one, it's not about us. But Jesus has provided everything that we need. So th- this is the cool thing and the remarkable thing about God and His system is, if I will listen to Him and do what He says, He will take care of all my needs. But I fight doing what He says so that I can get all of my needs. <laughs> uh, aren't we Aren't we dumb? Yeah. Here, let me let me take everything for you, or take care of everything for you. No, I want to do it myself. And yet. Every human, me included we 've all done this and or are still doing it, trying to have our way and do what we want well I've got a relationship with Jesus you know if he doesn 't want me to do this, I wouldn't do it well you know it goes farther and deeper than that so anyway John's looking at this big picture now he he's going from the very beginning dealing with things in the end and uh, I'm going to skip verse six and go to verse seven. We'll come back to verse six. And there was war in heaven. Michael, who is the archangel, and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought along with his angels. So now we see this this war in heaven is back when 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 Satan was kicked out. Apparently, him and the one third of the angels they got together and said, "Let's go. Let's go back and see if we can get back in." And there was a war. Michael, and the archangel, Archangel, along with his team, and the devil and his one-third of demons, had a war in heaven. And the dragon fought along with his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, we'll come back and read from there, but we're going to go back to verse 6. Now, we have all these things that went on, John establishing the big picture of what was going on, but now in verse 6, John moves back to what is happening in the earth. And in verse 6, it says, And the woman, who's the woman? Fled into the wilderness. This is also a verse that we know it wasn't Mary, because none of this ever happened, and she's dead. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and days, which is twelve hundred and sixty days or what? Three and a half years. So now we know we're at the end of the tribulation when this happens. Now let's go back and look at it again. The woman fled. Now, if you remember from the other verses or the other sessions that we had, that at the beginning of the tribulation, the uh, the antichrist makes a deal with the beast, yeah. and then we dealt with and talked about that at three and a half years he violates his treaty, and, and remember, I think it was last week we read that Jerusalem would be trodden down by Gentiles. So he comes in, he moves his headquarters into Jerusalem and he's, he starts doing anything. And the Jews have to leave because now he's turned against them. So in verse six, we're seeing that they fled into the wilderness to a place that has been prepared for them. Now, it, when you start lining all this out, okay, th- th- we can see what God's doing as he ministers to the Israelites. But here I'm going to interject David. OK, so I'm going to strike because like, because basically as I go through things, I'm watching events. I don't listen to all these people that, you know, are, are talking that, you know, all you guys listen to that, um, you know, they just like to chatterbox about everything um, because I want to know what what God's doing. So I I, I don't want to know what other people think. Uh, because it's just their thoughts. And so in 2015, if you remember, when uh, they were having the presidential debates and uh, uh, Trump was in there before his election and they started land blasting him as being anti-Semitic. And and he started talking about, I think it's his son-in-law or somebody like that is a Jew and that he talked about his business relationships and everything. And as I was watching him and uh, the things that he was talking about with his uh, connection to the Jewish community and knowing... Like, I think it was Netanyahu that was president at the time, or whoever it was, he knew them personally, and everything like that. Coupling that with his egotistical maniac thinking, and uh, I thought, this is the guy that has the personality to bring peace to Israel. Because in order for the, the beast to make a treaty with Israel, they have to be on better terms than what they are right now. They're not going to make that treaty. There has to be peace. And then we read a few weeks ago the scripture that talks about that Israel is going to have no need of walls. Well, they've never had that yet, so we know it's a a prophecy that's never come true. So there has to be an arena. This is is David. Remember, this is David. In my trying to apply the word of God to events that are going on. And so um, if you look at it from the spiritual standpoint, whether it was... Back in 2015, coming into the presidential election in 2016, or what's going on right now with uh, Mr. Trump trying to rerun for president, there has never in our history ever been anybody running for president that has had the opposition that he has had from people who he was friends with before. Now, you've got to look at it, and, you know, people talk about, well, he's, uh, you know, his mouth goes off, and I don't like the things that he says and everything like that. But you've got to get over the, the personal stuff. And, look at it. and so I'm, I'm looking at this guy in 2015, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a guy that has the ego element and, and the negotiation business skills that could actually bring a peace treaty into the Middle East. Now, it didn't happen during his term, which makes me wonder about... Remember, this is David's speculation on all this. So, so don't run off that I'm, ta- I'm teaching Bible right now. I'm talking about how and what you sh- should learn how to do is look at the world events and apply spiritual knowledge to them. And so uh, it makes me interesting interested in this one that's going on, how hard they're fighting him. It's a spiritual battle, not a natural battle. Yeah. And, uh, and he's the one, because of his personality, that could actually probably make this thing work. Which, if you look at the people that's trying to destroy this world, they have a 2030 agenda. That they're going to have all this stuff in place that they're trying to do where you can't eat meat and you can't drive a car and you got this ESG score and you got all these different things going on. So they have, they have a plan to get all this done by 2030. The election cycle that we're in right now, which I find interesting, let's just assume that Mr. Trump won. He would not be in office until January 2025 for a four-year term, which puts him at 2029. And there has to be an arena for, at least this is David's thinking, there has to be an arena where the, the peace is able to work so that this agreement can come about between the government of, the, the, of Israel and uh, the Arabic or the beast and, and the person that's on this side of the equation. So now, so we see here then, tie in the past teachings, that three and a half years he moves his office. Uh, most, uh, a lot of theologians believe he'll be operating out of European countries, and he'll move his office into uh, Jerusalem. And as we read last week, Jerusalem would be trampled underfoot by Gentiles. So the, the Israelites at that point, according to verse 6, the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God. So now, put yourself in John's position looking at this. He sees all the, the things that we read about, not the, the David Trump political things and stuff like that, but the things that we read about in the Bible, that there was an agreement with the beast and the, um, in Jerusalem, and then at mid-tribulation, he turns on them, he, he breaks the treaty that they have, and now Israel is moved out into the wilderness. Now, there, there's some interesting things that said about that, which God had prepared. So the place in the wilderness is something that's being prepared that they can go live there. Well, I don't know what that is. The Bible doesn't explain. It just says that they were, they were taken out. Watch this. A uh, place prepared of God that they should feed her there for three and a half years. So for three and a half years, they will be taken care of. Well, that's got to make you wonder, how's that going to happen? Where is the wilderness? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say, but it's someplace that they're moved to. Now let's go back to verse 7, and it goes back to, now he's going to jump back to what we just read about when he was kicked out of heaven and there was war. Because all of this, why would they put that in there, talking about the transaction going on during the tribulation, and this, because it all has, it's the whole plan. God versus the devil. And and that he was kicked out over here, but he's working to deceive people over here and God's bringing his whole plan while he's got people deceived thinking about, well that's Old Testament, it doesn't apply to me. Well, I don't know if I have to give offerings. That was Old Testament too. The t- the t- you know and we're he's got us focused on these stupid little things. Well, you know grace, I I'm just I'm counted in because of grace. He died for all and I'm part of the all, so everything's good on me. Uh, but he talks about names being blotted out of the of the lamb's book of life and different things like that so god is dealing with the larger picture uh which is a fight against satan trying to destroy what he's doing and uh but god bringing his plan around while most humans are just interested in their 24-hour cycle and trying to make life you know work the way they want so verse 7 there was war in heaven michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought along with his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found uh, for them anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. So again here we see that the tactic of Satan is to deceive. When, when Satan was dealing with Eve in the garden, it was to get her to believe something contrary to what God had said. Deception. Deception. Now, if that's his tactic, you and I are not immune from him. He doesn't want us to walk in Christ. Where has he deceived you? Oh, I'm not deceived. I see it all clear. Uh, You're probably deceived. Because I, I think the first step of not being deceived is to realize I can be deceived, and you start setting up guards against it. Now, how do you guard against deception? Stay in the truth. What did you say? Yeah, the Bible is truth. This is where I've talked about, a lot of people read the Bible from an education standpoint, from a historical standpoint, learning. But they don't read it from a truth standpoint. How do I adjust my life to what is being said? Because it's the, it's the, the bar of interpretation, if, that's, if that would make sense, of how do I not get deceived? The Bible says this about it. The world is telling me this about it. Now, we're going to see here in a minute. I'm going to go back to my political analysis. Um, It was an amazing thing in 2008 when Barack Obama ran for office. People became mesmerized. And I said it back then because people were saying that, well, I think he's the beast and everything like that. He's not. But he was definitely a forerunner to him. And you can see in it The mesmerization that people had about him. We have no validation that he actually even graduated from college. He never accomplished anything in his life. Uh, I mean, you you can just go down the list. He had zero qualifications other than being a a freshman senator for like two years on his track record. He had zero qualifications, yet people were mesmerized. This beast is going to mesmerize people. People say, well, you know, I just won't do it. I'll stick with God. If I miss the rapture, I'm just going to... No, 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 no. You don't understand. Uh, number one, go back and see if you voted for Brock, And uh, um, that, that'll give you some clear on, on how easily, you know, we can be deceived. Yeah. Um, and so we've got to look at things in a spiritual context, not a religious context. So I've heard a lot of people talk about Trump. Well, he's... Man, have you heard him talk? He ain't no Christian. You know, he's got a foul mouth, but but it's not the Christian element. It's the spiritual element. Will this work in this environment? And really, out of everybody running, there's nobody that has the personality trait that could broker a deal between Jerusalem and uh, um, the Arabic world right now in any position. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the ones people were looking at is DeSantos, but he doesn't have the personality to do that. He's been a great governor. I'm not knocking him on that. He just doesn't have the same... He, he's not an egomaniac. Trump is. That's why his name's on everything that he does, in gold letters and, you know, his plane and everything like that. He just is. I like the guy. I never liked him before. I liked him as president, so I'm not, like, dissing him. He's just got a huge ego. But that ego can facilitate, that's one of the reasons why he was so successful in the, in the office, is because he wanted to do things that nobody has ever done. Everybody else talked about moving our uh, embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He's the only one that did it. So he, he thrives on this kind of stuff. So, so I'm, I'm not looking at it from, oh my goodness, he's a great Christian, because I don't know, he says he's born again, I don't know, you know where he stands on all that, but I know his personality because he's been a public figure for so long. And so um, so then, there, so he's talking about this great fight because he's coming into where we're at today. There is a fight going on. Amen. Do you, the, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You are known by the devil. Yeah. Don't think he's not paying attention to you or trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, as we're going to see here, pre, uh, uh, he fought against the angels, prever- pre- Prevailed not; neither was there a place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven, now is come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of His Christ. Now, if this was dealing with in the tribulation time. Then everything we preach about Jesus on the cross and his death, burial, and resurrection hasn't happened yet. So he's not dealing with, he's talking about that once Satan was cast out, he's waging war now against people, and now the opportunity for salvation and the strength. Now let's look at it again and what the loud voice said. In heaven, now has come salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So when did salvation come? Okay, when Jesus, anybody else? When did salvation come? What's that? When he died on the cross? Okay, anybody else? What's that? When he arose from the dead? Okay, anybody else? How about when Adam sinned and he killed an animal, covered his sin, and he saved him. He, he covered his sin right there and uh, was able to build back a relationship. How about the law, the Mosaic Levitical law that was put into place that if people heard it, they could be saved? See, because the whole now our new covenant salvation came with the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But God has always had a system whereby man could come back and approach him, which is salvation. So, so yeah, and, and it dealt with the shedding of blood. So now he says, uh, so what's come is salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. The accuser of the brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now, I quote that verse all the time. Peter quotes it it all the time. And typically, we quote chapter 12, verse 11, without reading verse 10, which is strength, salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. How was all that made manifest? By the blood of the Lamb. How do we apply the blood of the Lamb to our life? By the word of our testimony. testimony. So this ties in very neatly with what I've been teaching on on Sundays about the name of Jesus. Our covenant has a name. It's Jesus. So like in the old, the old covenant had a name, had several names. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah uh, Jireh. I mean, all these Jehovah God is, God is, God is. Uh. And now we have one name, Jesus. So how do we overcome? We overcome by what was done on the cross, by Jesus' blood and his resurrection, and our declaration of that. Now, why do you think there's so much failure within Christians trying to walk in the power of God? I could probably break it down to two things. One is lack of revelation. We, we, we don't understand what the, the, the real spiritual transaction that was made and what was given to us. And, and from that, we identify incorrectly because we identify more with our failures than with what Jesus has done and given to us. The other thing is pressure. Most people live to not be under pressure, to not have pressure in their life. And so when pressure starts amping up a little bit, they jet out. How do, I, how do I just get out of this? How do I get this load off my back? How do I make it easy for me? And it's through the process of overcoming, based on what Jesus did, that we walk in victory. Does that make sense? Yeah. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, verse 11, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Now this goes back to the thing that I mentioned about we're the center of the universe. Uh, they're willing to do what is important, what matters at the risk of their own life. Very, I was trying to think of an example outside of the Christian realm. Is there anybody to do this? And the, the, the story came back to me of, I think his name's Pat Tillman. He was a professional football player, had like a million dollar, you know, six-figure contract or something like that, and then 9-11 hit. He gave up his career to go fight in the military, and he lost his life. So he made a decision based on what he felt was best for his country, and, and what people, what, what he should stand up for, knowing that he could not come back and he didn't come back. And he wasn't just the average Joe or the average Pat on the street. He had a, a you know, he's a pro ball player playing and had a, a you know, six figure, I don't know how much his, his contract was, but it was in the millions um, uh, dollar contract. He loved not his life even unto death. Now, he didn't, over, he didn't go to overcome by the blood of the land or by the word of his testimony. He went to overcome by military training, the weaponry of the United States, and different things like that. But he did love not his life uh, even unto death. Now, how many Christians can actually say that? I will walk with God even if it costs me everything that I have. In fact, uh, James brought this up in the offering message of uh, the price paid for the offering that was given to us by Jesus Christ. And so most people are not willing to do that because they are the center of, it, of the universe in their own eyes. And everything goes about how they feel, what they want, and how people's treating them, and you know, all that kind of good stuff that makes them the center of the universe. And so uh, uh, that's why so many people have a hard time not overcoming. If you go into Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it just talks about one person after another person after another person who loved not their life even unto death. And they were the, the champions of faith on there so he tells us how to do it therefore rejoice ye verse 12 heavens and you that dwell in them so anybody that's in heaven on the god's side of it rejoice woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for the devil is come down unto you watch this having great wrath or anger because he knows that he has but a short time now, we are at, in the, the latter part of the tribulation. As he gets there, he's going to know more and more that his time is short. But his time was short 5,000 years ago in the context. There's not a clock in the spiritual realm. And so he knows I've only got a certain time to create the destruction that I want to create. Now, verse 13. And is it making sense so far as we walk through? OK. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, He persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. So so when was he cast down into the earth? All the way back in the beginning, right? And immediately he started persecuting Israel. Which, you know, at that time, we didn't get Israel until down the way as far as the name, but God's people. Okay, now, verse 14 ties back to verse 6 where Israel fled to the wilderness. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times, or one year plus two years equals three years and a half a time, from the face of the serpent. Uh, in the Amplified, does it actually say like three and a half years or, or something like that? Or does it say a time and times? Fourteen. Okay, so in the Amplified, it actually spells it out, three and a half years. Okay, now, I'm going back to David. Okay, you with me? I'm out of the Bible and back into David. Interesting, in the, the, you know, analyzing John, John is writing what he sees and uh, explaining it. This is something that's going to happen a couple thousand years after he's dead. And so there's elements that he's saying that probably he has no knowledge of. And he says, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly. Well, it's very possible that he saw an airplane. Now we know that God, go back, this is all speculation, this is David, don't run off with it. We know that God translated Enoch, he could translate the whole nation. But if he translated the whole nations, what did John see? Well, maybe he saw angels' wings or something like that. But he says to the woman, to Israel, and to, and to the woman, to Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle. Now, here's David's speculation, and this is total speculation. This is not Bible. What country in the world has been a great friend of Israel that's known as an eagle? So now we've been one of the best friends of Israel historically. We are not right now. So this is David. Don't run off with this, this is speculation. And what, I, what I'm teaching in my speculation is how do we apply the Word of God to what's going on so that we could be spiritually astute and not just fall for political things and listen to all these talking heads that, you know, have to explain everything and they just got it from somebody else and are regurgitating it, so you'll watch their podcast. Um, but the United States of America has been one of the best friends to Israel historically. Uh, he says they're taken with, a, with two wings— into this place financially and I know we got our problems and the dollar there's a lot of issues with the dollar but the United States right now is only one is one of just a handful of countries who has enough financial resources to pull this off has a military or has access to planes that could like let's say a bunch of planes went in there the the wings and flew the Israelites out. Now don't think of Israel as it is today because we had the church that was raptured, we had the mid-tribulation saints uh, that cleaned their robes, we had the 144,000 and we had all the people that the uh, 144,000 accumulated and then we've had some things go on, the you know, all the woes and the different things where people have died because of natural events. The population of the earth is a lot less than it is today. So looking at that, especially with the terminology of an eagle, Hmm, David wonders if it's we come back and become the strong friend. Again, going back to Trump, well, that this is David. Don't take off and run with this. And I'm not saying he's winning the, the presidency, but as I look at these things, does he come back in, finish what he was doing with Israel, which opens the door? His goal would be a peace treaty so he could be known by it, but the peace treaty would be a, an open door for this other thing to happen, for the church to leave so the Antichrist could be revealed. So there's a lot of dynamics that are going on in the world right now. Do you have, do you look at it just based on what I think is better? You know, you being the I. Or how does all this line up with what God has established in his word? And the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for three and a half years from the face of the serpent. So now the beast is trying to get to her, but something is keeping her safe that they can't penetrate. Well, uh, you know, there's a handful of countries that have a a strong enough military force that they could stand against Israel, uh, especially if God was with them or Angels being around them. We've seen that in the Bible. It could be that. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. So now if we bring this back into a political sector, and we're going to see in just a minute that the beast is a great orator. So through political wrangling and trying to get his way, he could be trying to get if this is done in the natural, let's say that the United States is the one protecting or took her out there, working with or against trying to get that opposing force, that armed force, to let go. let, let me get in there. I want to get them out of the way. So if that was the case, now, if angels were guarded around, they have the, the beast has no enemy or no element against them, but now you need somebody in that position who has. The fortitude to stand against somebody standing against him. Again, ego plays a big part in that. To me, it makes sense that, uh, um, that somebody, somebody else could come along, but the personality of Trump looks like a personality that could stand his ground, because Trump is a person that will stand his ground, and you punch him, he punches back. I mean, he's not a person that lays down where if you, you know this administration that's going on right now, they've, they've got no fortitude in anything. So, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her, somebody say something? Oh, I thought I heard some. That he might cause her to be carried away of the flood, and the earth helped the woman. Now, the interesting thing is the earth, okay? So maybe, uh, maybe it's not an, you know, a military force that's guarding her, maybe it is something else, and I'm wrong. Uh, the, herp, the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. So it looks to me like if it's, a, if it's all being transacted in the natural, the force that's pr- protecting is a strong enough force that it's going it's to put down every word that's coming in or every thing that's trying to come against Israel. Now, and the dragon was angry, wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which kept the commandments. So now we're at the end of the tribulation. So we see that there are people that are keeping the commandments of God. So even though all the raptures that took place that we went over, they're still getting people getting born again, which you'll see that in chapter 14, when we get to chapter 14. Which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, verse, chapter 13, verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, again, if you remember, I, I talked about this in chapter 4, that about the biblical interpretation of words. If you see the word sea, S-E-A, but no direct relationship to a body of water, it's talking about a multitude of people. So when it says that he stood on the sands of the sea, uh, that that he stood at, at the... The, the outlie of a multitude of people and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. So out of the people or the people are going to give place to this position. My example is Barack Obama, somebody who totally had zero verifiable skill sets. People put him in office through mesmerization. And so we see this system rising up, people wanting hope, people, you know, I've got all this stuff going on. Something has to happen that gives them the desire, oh, this is the person that can help us get out of this, this mess. So it rises up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horn, horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So that, that brings back what we read in 12.3. Uh, with the same description we're going to see the system in place in chapter 17 but everything about this system is antichrist it's against god yeah, all the players in it are you know probably devil possessed everything is 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 against god all right verse 2 and the beast which i saw was like unto a leopard his feet were as feet of a bear and his mouth was as the mouth of a lion again probably john trying to examine or interpret what he's seeing to an animal daniel did this and and talked and used references of annual animals and different things to describe situations and the dragon gave him his power now who's the dragon okay now you remember we talked about there was four things that was was dealt with and one of them was sorceries remember i dealt with sorceries so his power has to be power in the form of witchcraft, sorcery, and that kind of stuff. He, he's fully possessed of the devil, and, uh, uh, you know, to a greater extent, I could say like a witch doctor that does things in these, you know, countries where witch doctors are, and, uh, you know, and they get all the people afraid of them and, you know, fearing the, their power and stuff like that, um, but on a much higher level than what they would operate. Now watch this and what it says. Um and the dragon gave him his power and his seat. That would be like a governmental and influential seat and great authority. Now, I want to ask a question here. <coughs> In, uh, uh, how many like, believes that this guy's going to be bad news? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you really believe that? Like, a human being on the earth right now is like, oh my goodness, what are they going to do because of the devil possessiveness that this guys have? this guy has. You believe that? Yes. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, like a 3, a 5, a 7, a 9, a 14? Okay, how many is up there close to 10, over 10, at 10? Okay, do you see how easy it is to believe that the bad things are going to happen as they say? Let's go back to verse 10. Go ahead. Um, just on that, it kind of like to me sounds like it would Well, it's going to be a a leader, so it would be like a government leader, uh, a judicial branch. Now, I would say because he's going to have a a prophet, which is going to cover the religious component, it's probably going to be more of a political leader type that has the backing of those things. But let's go back to 12, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation. So how many believes at that same 10 letter that you're delivered from everything and you're walking in it? And strength, how many views themselves as strong? Let the weak say I'm strong. That I've got the strength of the power of God inside of me. And the kingdom of our God, that the kingdom of God was given to you, that you have full right access, power of attorney into the kingdom of God. And the power of his Christ or his anointing works within you that that greater is in you than he that is in the world. How many is functioning? See, we struggle with those things. How come we struggle with what God said he's given to us, but we easily believe what Satan is going to do? Well, one is because most people have a negative bias. They default more to the negative. They default more to the fear arena. But God, yep, it's in the head and not in the heart. It's absolutely true. And uh, but the price, go back to the offering element that James gave, the price of the sacrifice that was given for you. Why do we struggle with it? Because it's just academia to us? When I talk about things, don't, don't react, just think about it. When I talk about things like y- you can live a life where you don't get sick, do you just kind of blow it off? Or are you really fighting sickness? That you can have, it doesn't matter what inflation goes to. You, you might have heard me say, it's been a few months back, but I said it last year, is it doesn't really matter if gas goes to $25 an hour, God said He'd meet all your needs. Amen. Or are we focused on the $25? Well, it's only $5 right now. It's not that I want it to go there. I'm just making a, uh, an example that it doesn't matter what the co- cost goes to of life. He said, I'll supply all your needs. Amen. See, we struggle being able to walk in the peace of God, the, the abundance of God, the authority of God that he's put into us. But then when we read something like we just read about the beast and his demonic activity and the power, it's like, yeah, I believe men, 10 level. I believe it. We, we ought to look at that. Who are you in Christ? Now, I don't, I don't want the religious answer based on the Bible. Who are you in Christ? Can you face, does, you know, whatever Goliath is coming against you? Can you face an issue that's so much bigger than you because you know who you are in the covenant and you know the power of the covenant? Uh, and most people don't. They've heard the words. They might even be able to talk about the words, but they don't have the revelation. And that's why when pressure gets onto them, they, they escape the fight of overcoming by the, uh, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they do something to get the pressure off temporarily. Preaching better you're saying, amen. All right, let's go back to, uh, where was I at in 13? Uh, verse 2, okay. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. So now there's, there's one topic that goes on, is the beast is assassinated or something like that. He dies, and the prophet raises him from the dead. A lot of that teaching goes around. I have a problem with it because Satan ha- gave the, the, the prophet power and there's no life in Satan. Right. So how, how does he raise the dead? So uh, I think we we'll hit some other things, not tonight, but th- we can bring some clarity to that. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. So now this is dealing with the sorceries and stuff like that. And they worship the beast, saying, Think of mesmerization. Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So now they're memori- mesmerized by this person, and their hearts are drawn. Now, don't say that would never happen to me because we saw it happen in 2008. A whole nation, basically, memorized by somebody. COVID <laughs> COVID's another example mesmerized with fear yeah. mm-hmm. there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things so we see here that the beast is a great orator couldn't and it, go ahead it be the, the power that the people gave him pumped him up to believe that he was somebody when he's not well something is going to happen because remember john's writing and something happens to the beast. And we're going to get down here and it's going to talk about a sword that was used. Something happens to the beast. And then his wound is like he's delivered from it. So something's going to happen that people are going to look and say, oh, wow. I'll worship you. Who can who can make war against him? So power was given unto him to continue 42 months. So there was given unto the beast. Uh, a mouse speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 42 months. Now, note the word continue. Because he's been here since the beginning of the tribulation. We're now into the last three and a half years. Uh, so he was given power to continue what he was doing uh, for 42 months, which takes us to the end of the seven-year tribulation. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. So obviously there's now recognition or something's going on where they know and they're talking about God took them to heaven because he's blaspheming those who went to heaven. Now, if you go back to the statement, what they said in verse 4, who is able to make war with him? There's obviously a recognition there's a war coming and I want to be on the side of the winner. Based on what he's done and what I've seen him do, who can make war against this man? And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. So again, we see that they're saints or believers. And we're going to see in chapter 14 that angels are now preaching the gospel because everybody else is taken out. As of the last load that went up with 144,000, there's still people getting born again, but there's no other rapture until the, the two witnesses arise up and, and go up to heaven. So, so now the, there's believers in here, and he wants to make war against the believers. How is he going to do that? And it, came to, it was given unto him to make war with the saints, to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Now if we go back, um, power was given to him, But that does not mean he's successful. So there's a beast system that, if you remember the the statue that Daniel talks about, and you've got the Babylonian Empire, the Persians uh, Empire, the the Greece, uh, Greek Empire, you know, and different things uh, that has come. Several attempts have been made for Satan to overcome the world, but they all, they're all failed. So the one that's probably we're the most familiar with uh, is Hitler, obviously demonically controlled uh and and is going to try and overtake the world and he overtakes and is successful in a lot of his endeavors but eventually the allied forces beat him and uh and and he's not able to accomplish what he's wanting. so the power has been given him over the world but that doesn't mean he's successful now there's a lot of people that teach a one world government and a one world currency i don't buy into it now you can buy into it and if you want to argue with me that's fine i'm not going to try to change your mind it's just something that i believe Uh, one of one of the reasons i believe it is because as we read about the beast he's unsuccessful in everything that he does uh number two is you have people involved how many people want to give up their authority i mean look at what's the guy's name in north korea i mean an impoverished people in impoverished land but he does everything he can to to keep his authority and and uh you know just nobody wants to give up their authority and so I find it hard that, that in however many countries there are in the world, that you're going to get everybody to give up their authority and, uh, and become one and let somebody else rule over them. I just don't see it happening. Same thing with monetary policy. Uh, the people at the top control the policy. They don't want to give up that and become something lesser in a, in a one-world system. So I don't say, I, I'm not as convinced that we won't get to a digital currency uh, system. Uh, they're really trying on that. They're going to try to, you know, they'll start talking about how we can stop laundering and, and criminality because we can see everything. That's how they get everybody on board with everything, like the Patriot Act that uh, George Bush put into place, uh, that now they use it to spy on everybody. The real intent was it, so we know what you're talking about and doing, not for the military purposes that they said. So they'll talk about this on the, um, on the currency arena also, but it's so that they can tax you and track you. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. And so, uh, so it's given power, but he's, I, to me, I say he's not going to be successful. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Now, if you stopped right there, you would say everybody's going to worship him. But we've got to keep reading. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the land slain before the foundation of the earth. So not everybody is going to worship him there are still people getting born again, living, because there's going to be people that go into the millennial reign of Christ. There's got to be people left. If any man has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, we read those verses a lot in the gospel, and it's to any man that has the ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. It's not a, a we, we've got to look at things, especially in the day and time we're living in, from a spiritual standpoint. I don't understand spiritual things. Start praying that you understand spiritual things and start reading your Bible and judging things against what your Bible says. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the state, of the saints. Uh, you're going to reap what you're going to sow, and the faithful are going to be consistent no matter what's going on and keep believing on the Word of God. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a, dra- as a dragon, or he's saying the same things that the dragon was saying. Um, like a lamb, and he spake as the dragon. So probably best terminology we, we could use, a wolf clothed in lambs clothes. He, he's, going to look, he's going to be a religious leader. This is the prophet, and, uh, but he's de- demoniac. He spoke what the dragon said. And he exerciseth all power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now again, something is going to happen that he gets hurt somehow, it appears, but yet he revives. And he does great wonders so that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceives them, so what he is doing is a deceptive practice. He deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Now this is like a statue, uh, an image, they're going to create something, which which had the wound by a sword and did live. So here we see that a sword was used and did live. So that's probably where some people talk about that he was uh, either assassinated or tried to be assassinated. And he had the power to give life unto the image of the beast. Well, you can't take an inanimate ob- object and make it living. So we, we now he could, John couldn't understand, we probably wouldn't have the, the vocabulary because none of that was there. But we see it all the time in, in imagery and in movies and stuff like that. They can make robot. In fact, they got robots that can do things now. They've got uh, so they can create a beast, an image that can do these things. Or if it can't do these things through illusions and stuff like that, it would be very easy for them to do it because we see it happening in other venues all at the same time. That the image of the beast should both speak, easy to do, and co- like I said, they got robots that can talk and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast that they should be killed. So they're on a rampage to kill those who are who are not worshiping the beast, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, so that no man might be able to buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast and the, or the name of uh, the number of his name. So you know you hear a lot of people talking nowadays about, oh, did you hear they're coming out with a chip that you can buy, and so you can just go over the scanner and you can buy it. And it it's got to be the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is not going to be introduced until after the mid-tribulation, in the latter half of the tribulation. These are all things like the mesmeriz- mesmeriz- mesmerization I was talking about. It desensitizes us. So that when we get to that point, which is going to be instituted by the, uh, the beast and his prophet to control people, we're already used to it. And, uh, and people are not really fighting or standing against the things where we're being controlled. In fact, somebody was talking about, you know, those little insurance, like you can get better insurance if you plug something into your car and it tracks wherever you go and how fast you drive and everything like that. And somebody was like, well, I don't want one of those things, you know, tracking me everywhere I go. And the person they were talking to, uh, I think they like, called in on show, they said, well, my phone's tracking me everywhere I go anyway, so what's the difference? Okay. How many of us knows our phone's tracking us? How many knows your phone's listening to you? And we don't care. Hey, I got a phone. I'm, I'm, I'm picking on David, too. We don't care. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just break it. Um, but if you look at the things that we don't care about, when George Bush, I talked about it when Bush was president, the sun, and the Patriot Act, 9-11 had just happened. This is not going to be used totally for what they're saying. They're going to they're gonna violate our freedoms. And, you know, people looked at me like a conspiracy theorist, uh, you know, as they do now. But what are they doing with the Patriot Act? They're listening to your conversations. And I was talking to a person that is high level in uh, military type stuff. And they were telling me that they were sitting in a class and they were showing them just the military technology and they they showed the the phones that were in conversations in, in and probably around where they were at. They selected one and they all sat there and listened to the phone conversation. So fun. And the person that was telling me said, uh, it, "It's amazing. You, you can't believe what we can do." And so you hear people you've heard people talking about that they're you know all the stuff with Texas and everything that and there's a civil war. I asked this person because they were like in a good position in military. I said. What do you think about the, the possibility of civil war uh, in this country? He says, the only way I could see it ever happening is if the factions that are involved in the, uh, you know, to make the civil war happen communicated by carrier pigeon. <laughs> and basically what he's saying, you don't understand. We know everything that's going on at all levels. And it is virtually impossible to even communicate without us hearing and knowing what's going on. And, you know, I'm included. We just sit there on our phones, talking, doing, you know, whatever. But uh, well, I don't care if they listen to me. I'm not talking about anything important, uh, you know, type of a, a thing. And so, um, so anyway... Um, or the, the number of his name. Here is, here is wisdom. Let he that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is 666, six, six, or 603 score six. Under three six. And, uh, and so again we see the element of the things that I talk about so often. The carnal mind will not understand spiritual things. It can't. Because it's going to try to calculate it on a natural level. And even like the story I just told about the military, you and I can't wrap our minds around the things that they're doing. And the, um, the one guy that is like hostage in an embassy in another country that leaked all the stuff, I can't remember his name, uh, but he can't walk out of the embassy because America will, will arrest him. He was a very high-up intelligent official. Uh, anybody remember the name of the guy? Who? A song. A song. Yeah, Asan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, huh? Assange. age but anyway, whatever that, guy, that guy's name is, and he started divulging the things that they're doing that people can't even wrap their minds around it. So uh, when it gets down here, how's everybody going to fall into this? It's because we're already falling into it. We're learning it. We're, we're, we're being, uh, what was the word that I used, desensitized to it. It's not that big of a deal. And, uh, and at some point, we need to uh, kind of stand up, wake up, and, uh, and realize... Uh, this is actually more serious than what we're what we're doing with it so we're going to stop there and we'll pick up on uh, chapter 14 um, and uh, um, yeah we'll do that. oh I want to give one other thing out to everybody uh, in fact what I'll do is I'll just put uh, if I can have somebody come up here and grab this um, the uh, and put it back there on the information table uh, come on up somebody Nick all right and just give it to uh, Carol back there and you can grab one of those, but basically what it is, is a chronological outline of the book of Revelations. We're like over halfway through the book of Revelations now, but it shows everything that I've been talking about, the seven years, where the rapture is, and all these kind of things, just a little reference point uh, that you can have. And, um, and watch that. Let's all stand. So once we get to this, but did I ever say uh, at any time, you don't want to miss the rapture? You and I today, because it hasn't happened, has the opportunity to miss the rapture. All we've got to do is be rapture ready. Now you can follow, and I hope you can prove me wrong, you can follow some of the doctrines around the world that because Jesus died for all, grace saves us, and everybody that says that they believe in Jesus is going to be in the rapture. You can believe that. Rock on. Let me know how it turns out. Um... uh, you'll either be able to tell me uh, in heaven, or you'll have to, seven years later, or three and a half years later, come up and tell me, I should have listened to you. Um, Am I 100%? 100 Well, I think biblically I could stand on what I believe. But there's always room for error, misinterpretation of the Bible. But for a walk that's in line with God that will make our whole lives work better, if I'm wrong, you still lived a better life down here. If I'm right, that's a horrible mistake to make. And so I, I would encourage you to look at your life on how to be rapture ready. I talked about sanctification the other day on my live stream. I would go in and look at that. Uh, study out the words of righteousness, because righteousness is things that we do um, and, uh, and how we do them. We have to look at these things because they're in the Bible for us. Now, we can follow doctrines that say, well, it doesn't really matter. Grace covers it all and we can live. That's a, that's a belief system. Um, but you ought to look at what if you're wrong. And I would try to err, like, you know, if this is the dividing line, this pulpit's the dividing line of what's right and what's wrong, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be trying to live, like, right here. I would, I would probably try to get over here, so for anything that I misunderstood and didn't get it right, I got some wiggle room. And so, uh, but the great thing about God's system is you and I have the right to decide what we're going to believe. And so, uh, so anyway, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding.